this story. I was in seventh grade. I was in social studies. And the teacher used to give out um, assignments and projects, and we would have, she would assign us a partner. And here's the deal. So I had a little crush on a little girl, and her name was Gabby. And every time my teacher would assign us a project, I'm like, Jesus, please, I want to be with Gabby. I'll do anything. I just want to be with this girl. And so yeah, project after project after project after project after project. Like, I'm losing hope here. I am not getting with this girl, Gabby. And I was trying to, you know, which is unwise. I was trying to do, you know, the flirt and convert thing, which is unwise. Don't recommend it. But I was trying everything I could. And it was terrible. But then one day. The day came, the stars aligned, the light shined through, the clouds, the rainbow, and everything. My teacher said, Anthony, you're going to be with Gabby. And if everything froze. Got me feeling frozen. <laughs> everything froze. My heart dropped. My eyes got big. I was like, yes, let's go. So not even lying, I got up, booked it to the bathroom because I looked like a mess. I was wearing sweatpants, a sweatshirt. I looked like a mess. I, I was like, all right, I got to wet my hair. So I wet my hair, make myself look good, you know, come back. And I'm like, all right, I got to act like a cool kid. So we're doing this project, right? No, we weren't. All right, how many times have you been with a partner and they did none of the work? How many times? Raise your hand if you... Good thing Pat's not raising his hand because you know he doesn't do any of the work when he's assigned him a partner. It's the worst, right? Because then you got to do all the work. But here's the deal. I wasn't trying to press this girl. So I'm walking a thin line, man. I'm walking this line trying to be cool, you know, and not like be all like this dorky nerd who's trying to press this girl. So I'm walking this thin line, man, and it wasn't working out. But the point is, the end of the story, I do all the work. We get maybe like a B. I don't remember. And it was the worst because I was assigned to this girl. Even though I really wanted it, even though it was going to be amazing, I was assigned to this girl. There's nothing I could do about it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I was assigned to her. So in this story, in this series, rather, talking about prophets, Joey talked about Elisha, uh, Andrew talked about Daniel, and today I want to talk about a prophet named Hosea. And this, and his story is kind of like mine. He had a class, he had to go to social study. No, it's nothing like mine, yet it's ten times worse and crazier. It's a crazy story. And the reason why I want to talk about it, Joey asked me to do it, and we're talking about prophets, and I was reading this book over the summer, and I'm like, I got to speak about Hosea because it's amazing, this book. It's a book you probably don't know where it is, and I really hope today after this message you really know where it is because it's profound. And the reason is, is because it's the gospel. It depicts the good news that, of the gospel and if you're struggling today of, can, yo, can I trust Jesus? Because um, whether or not you like it or not, like you're going to come across this question. And the question is, hey, is God different from the Old Testament and the New Testament? It seems like when I read the Old Testament, God's like one way. When I see, read the New Testament, it's a totally different story. Today is going to be the day where you find out, no, it's not the case. That God's been doing the same thing throughout the entire history. So I really don't want you to miss out on today. Because this message, like it changed my life, I believe it could change your life. Cool? So we're going to start with Hosea. So go open up your Bible apps on your phones if you got it. And the, uh, the scripture is going to be on the screens. But turn to Hosea. We're going to start 
at chapter 1, verse 2. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go marry an adulterous woman and have children with her. For like the adulterous wife, the land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. Next verse. So he married Gomer, daughter of Dibalem. I don't know if I said that right. And she conceived and bore him a son. Did you guys get, get that? Did you guys get that? God asked this prophet Hosea to go marry a girl that was going to cheat on him. Like, where's Hollywood with these stories, man? This is a crazy story. Why would God ever tell a prophet to go marry a girl to, like, take her on dates, you know, treat her really nice, get emotionally involved with her, and, you know, tr- like, treat her like a princess? And guess what? She's going to cheat on you. She's going to sleep with some other guys, and it's going to be bad, and it's going to break your heart. That's on your to-do list. So Hosea literally walks into the office, and that's what he's got to do. That's crazy. Why would God ever tell Hosea to do that? But before I get to the reason, I need to stop right here. I need to take a little time out. Because while I was reading this, this thought came to my mind. And I believe if it came to my mind, it's probably going to eventually run through your mind. And it's this. Would God ever tell me to do that? Like, God ever tell me to go marry? So maybe you're having these feelings for this girl or guy, and they're not really a Christian. They're not really living the life. And maybe, maybe God's telling me, hey, maybe I should date them, pursue them, and, and maybe this could work out. I could bring them to church and all this stuff. I'm telling you as an older brother that that will never work out. In love, I'm telling you that God's people date God's people that you don't want to date somebody that's not in love with Jesus. I've seen so many relationships fail. Close friends of mine that did their own thing, trusted their feelings rather than God's word. They did what they wanted to do, dated whoever they wanted to date. And if Jesus is the most important part of your life, and you're trying to date somebody that's not really part of their life at all, it's not going to work out. Look at statistics. Marriage is not really that great. 50%, 50% of you guys, just talking statistics, 50% of you guys will end up in divorce. That's crazy. Culture isn't getting this right, but the Bible's got it right. And look, if you don't, if you don't agree with me and you say, well, the Bible doesn't teach that, the Bible says, don't be yoked with the unbeliever. For what does righteousness, righteousness and wickedness have in common? And what does fellowship can light have with darkness? It's don't be unequally yoked because, man, I'm telling you, just, I know this is a side note, but I got to say it out of love because I care about you guys. Don't do it. Look, I, had, I was attracted to a girl in, in middle school, right? I was attracted to her. That doesn't mean it's right. So I pray that you guys make wise decisions within that area of your life. Okay, rant over. Time in. So Hosea is, um, Hosea is doing, got this task, right? And the thing is, he's not having these feelings to, towards this girl. God told him to do it, right? And so if God told him to do it, that's kind of weird. But here's the deal. Why did he tell him to do it? Why did he tell him to do it? Reason is, you can look on the screen, Hosea, Hosea's marriage with Gomer depicted God's relationship with his people. Hosea's marriage with Gomer depicted God's relationship with his people. I mean, 
okay, cool, I guess. What, what does that mean? Like, why couldn't he just, like, you know, why did Hosea have to go get all emotionally involved and get married to this girl and then have the girl cheat on him? Like, why would God ever tell somebody to do that? Well, here's the deal. Like it said in verse 2. Can we put back verse 2 up for a second? Um, just like for the adulterous wife, the land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. What that pretty much means is Israel had a lot of sin and that they didn't really take seriously. Just, just like Israel and just like Gomer, they had sin that they didn't take seriously. And Israel had a ton of idols in their lives. Giving themselves to their idol and main idol was Baal. Spending time with them, worshiping them, having their hearts just drawn to them. Finding everything they want and desire and fulfilled and identi- like they identified with these idols. It says in um, Hosea 2, 13, verse 13, verse 13, I will punish her. This is God speaking to Israel. I will punish her for the days she burned incense to Baal. She decked herself with rings and jewelry and went after her other lovers, but she forgot about me. Israel did all these things. They they got their precious, expensive um, jewelry and time and all this stuff, and they gave it all other. They gave it to their idols. They chased, chased after what pleased them, forgetting about Jesus. And we do the same thing in 2016. And so here's the deal: an idol can be anything. It could be a relationship. It could be a person. It could be a status. It could be a group of friends. It could be possessions. It could even be something like social media trying to please others, trying to be liked, receiving compliments, how you're supposed to look and dress, and the list can go on. And the problem is we give our hearts to these idols. We give our time. We give our everything. Like, we, we say things like, no, this person, man, this, this person, I, I need to be with this person. And we exalt that person up higher than Jesus. Or we say things like, this alcohol, these drugs are going to get me through this season. Or, or I, just, I just keep needing, I just compare each other with, like I compare her and her and her and him and him and him. I just keep comparing. And we serve these idols. We give our hearts to these idols. And yet, for some reason, we keep going to them. And they never, ever come through. We easily forget about God. Just like Israel did. So we need to, what, turn back to Jesus. And we need to, just like it's the Israel's did, they chase after their other lovers. We easily, just like Gomer, and we easily just chase after other things. Doing whatever we feel like. Doing whatever feels right at the moment. And we forget about Jesus. So tonight, I want to leave you some practical stuff so that we don't continue to chase other idols. We don't continue to ch- chase what satisfies us that we could practically let go of these idols. And so how do we do that? I want to ask this question, what are you feeding yourself here tonight? Not food-wise, but what are, you, what are the thoughts that you have in your mind that are consuming you? Like if you're on, like you struggle with contentment and, and you're just on Instagram and you're looking through all these models and you're like, these are so much prettier than me. Like I'm never going to look that great. Well, here's the deal. Maybe you should stop following those models. Maybe you should just stop because guess what you're doing? You're feeding yourself all these lies. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not worth it. I'm not worthy. Well, if you continue to follow these things on Instagram, 
That's what you're feeding yourself. If you struggle with porn and you just keep looking at those same models and you're trying to feed something that's not going to ever satisfy you, maybe today, after, because you're going to be on Instagram after my message anyway, stop following them. Do whatever it takes. Maybe you have to take a break from social media. Crazy thought, maybe you could put down your phone for like 20 minutes and stop feeding yourself lies that are just consuming you. I know, this might sound like, oh, I gotta do all these things, legalism, legalism, legalism. This isn't legalism. This is saying, hey, I don't want my heart to be chasing after these idols anymore. I don't want my everything, I don't want my heart to just belong to these idols anymore. They're not coming through, they're not satisfying me. I need to do whatever it takes. And just like in Jesus said it in Matthew 5, that whoever cuts, um, whoever sins with their arm, that just cut it off. Because it's better to lose your arm than your whole body. It's better to lose your eye, right? It says it, gouge out your eye. Because it's better to lose one part of your body than the whole body into hell. Because crazy thing, right? And all he's saying is, do whatever it takes. And some of you guys need to wake up and realize what you're doing is wrong. And you need to do whatever it takes. Because here's the deal. Your choices matter. And what you do now is going to affect your future. You need to take the responsibility of your actions. And you need to start making better actions. Because what you feed grows and what you starve dies. So if you feed this stuff of lust, pride, discontentment, all these things, it's going to grow. But if you starve them, if you cut them out, they're going to die. It's a simple formula. But yet, because just like Gomer, just like Israel, and just like me, talking about me, I want to do what I want to do. I want to do whatever feels right in the moment. Don't care what God says. I'll forget about God because I care about what I want to do what I want to do. We easily do that. And sin is a really, really big deal. So some of you guys know I work at Island Rock, the greatest place on Long Island (laughs) to spend your weekends. No, please don't come on a weekend. I work on weekends. It's not fun. All right, so I'm at Island Rock. It's a rock climbing gym, if you guys don't know. And there's a lot of ropes everywhere. And so ropes are really high and everything like that. And so um, I used to do birthday parties back in the day. And so here's the deal. If you work with kids, you know this real well. They don't listen. They don't listen at all. Yeah, she's shaking her head. No, they don't listen. They don't listen to any rule you give them. They literally do the exact opposite. So I'm telling these kids, hey, stop running. One of the main rules at Island Rock, stop running. This kid just keeps booking it, man. And I just books it, books it, chasing his friends, having a great time. And I'm like... I can't wait until he falls. <laughs> 15 minutes later. I, you guys laugh like, oh, you're such an evil person. You don't understand. You have no clue what it's like working with um, kids. So this kid is chasing his friend, and the glorious thing happened. Um, he's booking it, right? He runs. I guess he's, he's not looking at the rope that's right in front of him. He's looking at his friend. He trips. Okay, he trips on the rope. Gets, I guess he got tangled on his foot. I don't know. But literally, just like a backflip, like three, like front flip, backflip. I don't know what he did. It was sick. 360, lands it, but still has to chase his friend because he thinks he's so slick. He runs, 
doesn't see the other rope in front of him. So he does the same thing, but the other direction goes like this. I don't know how he's doing this. It's all in, it's all in slow motion. It was sick. Lands it again. I mean, like, I got to give this kid credit. But then he keeps going. And so at Island Rock, we have, like, the concrete and, like, a huge step and then, like, the matted area. And so he's on the matted area. He doesn't see that step. Goes literally does a front flip and a half, lands on his back, lands on the concrete. The ambulance had to come. We had to give him CPR. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. He's fine. He cried a little bit, but I'm just like, yeah, baby, that's what you get for not listening to the rules. You just keep doing it, keep doing it. The funny thing is, we're doing that with God. God keeps telling us, hey, Stop going to that person to try to satisfy you. Stop going on those sites. Stop doing, stop trying to go to these people and these party groups and all these things. God keeps telling you, stop, stop, stop it. But what do we do? We keep running. And we keep going our own way. And just like that little kid that almost broke his back, we just run and we do what we want to do. And here's the deal. Sin has consequences. When we don't listen to our parents, when we, what we do behind closed doors, when no one's watching, all of that has consequences. And we might end up falling and tripping and getting hurt. Just like Israel is doing the same thing. Gomer, girl, cheated on Hosea, did the same thing. And me, I do the same thing. Kind of sucks, right? It stinks. It's not fun. I don't like talking about this. The, the best part about this, though, is that the story doesn't end there. Doesn't end where I just said, okay, well, we ran away. Gomer left. Israel cheats. I cheat on God. I, I'm unfaithful to God, whatever. It doesn't end there. Let's pick it up in ver- chapter 3, verse 1. It says, the Lord said to me, so Hosea is saying that the Lord said to me, go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress, her as the Lord, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver. Then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any other man, and I will behave the same way to you. Do you guys, did you guys get that? Did you guys get that picture? God told Hosea to go back for his wife. What do you think Hosea was thinking? Like, we don't get like that whole little script. What do you think Hosea was saying? Why should I go back to her? She cheated on me. She, she doesn't deserve, like, why should I waste my time and get all emotional and go back to her? She doesn't deserve it. And the best part is, Hosea didn't have to. He didn't have to listen to God, but guess what? He does. And now, for us, just like Jesus didn't really have to get on a cross, he got on a cross for us. Even though we turned our backs, even though we've chased other people in other idols, in other sin, even though we've turned our back on God, he still got on a cross for us. Took the death that we deserve and rose back from the dead so that he could be close to us. Are you guys seeing the craziness of this story? And I really hope I'm depicting this picture great. Do you, it's a crazy thing is, little side note, Hosea's name 
means salvation. Just like Jesus decided to get on the cross, obeys God, just like Hosea did, he brought us back from darkness. I mean, like, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Think about this for a second. Think about the the people of Israel now, seeing this happen, seeing this relationship. Imagine this is on, you know, what's some of the, like, drama shows? I'm lost. Like, like imagine this is on a Kardashian show, this whole relationship scene. Every, the whole Israel, the whole nation seeing this. And look at what a commentary said. It said that the people had heard God's words so many times before, but they finally felt the impact of the words when they saw them acted out in Hosea's merciful love for his wife. How many times have you guys heard the gospel? How many times have you heard Jesus came, died on the cross, and rose back from the dead? But how many times have you let it impact your heart? When are you going to start believing that so that your day-to-day life is different? When are you going to take up that news and start living it out? Because just like Israel Heard God's love so much, so many times. They've heard it repeated after repeated after repeated. They finally got a glimpse of God's love towards us when Hosea did what he did. It's crazy, right? And and the best part is, guys, this is all in the Old Testament. And you could just see how the Old Testament story is just foreshadowing what happens when Jesus comes. And this is good news, man. Like, Like, this is such good news. It doesn't... And this applies to everyone here tonight. If you believe in Jesus' death and resurrection and repent, which literally means, if that, might, that word might scare you, that just means turn a 180 from your sin and trust in Jesus' death and resurrection, you will be saved and you will be good. That God will see you as holy and pure, that you will be a child of God. And that's here and that's available for you today. And the best part is it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. I don't care about your past. It's, it's not too big. It's not too dirty. People make all these excuses like, I, God doesn't want to love me. I screwed up so many times. Yes, he does. Look at Gomer. She was in sex slavery. She was at the bottom of her life, but Hosea went and bought her. And just like that, Jesus goes in. doesn't matter where you are, what you've done, what you look like, smell like. Jesus is for you, and he bought you back from darkness. The deal is, guys, you actually need to really repent. (laughs) And Hosea 6, if you want to read it, they kind of have this half-hearted repentance, and they kind of just say stuff like, oh, yeah, God, we're sorry. We know we're screwing up, and we get it, but, but, but I guess I'll do, go to church more. I guess I'll be a nice person. I guess I'll do all these things so, so, so that you could see that I'm kind of, God doesn't want that. God wants your heart. He wants your everything. He doesn't care if you go to church this amount of times or try to be a better person or walk a grandma across the street. He doesn't care. He wants your heart and your everything. He doesn't want your good deeds. He wants you. It says, for I desire mercy and not sacrifice and the acknowledgement of God or the surrender of God rather than burnt offerings. And what that was is just religious things that Israelites used to do so that God would love them again. 
So if you're a Christian today, what sin do you need to turn a 180 from? What idols are you serving? What are the things in your life? And you know what they are. I said a couple things, but you know what they are. What are the things in your life that you need to turn a 180 from? And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're kind of just like checking this thing out, maybe you were brought by a friend, I just hope you kind of get a glimpse, just a small picture of the amazing love, that love that makes no sense that Jesus has towards you. That when you've constantly spit in his face like I have, I've done it so many times, God still chases after me. God still wants me. God still pursues me in my rebellion. So before we wrap up, I want to go back to the original question. Why would God ask Hosea to do this? And what did I say? It's, the, it's a picture of Hosea. Um, it depicted God's relationship with his people, Hosea going and marrying Gomer. And, and the, my thing is like, but like, why? Why would, just like, I, like, why? It still haunts me, like, why? Like, it, I get that, but like, why? Why would Hosea do that? And why would God want to do that? And I asked, and, and it just, I was driving one day, and it just hit me. That why would God want to be with me? Messed up, broken, shameful. Someone who just does whatever he wants. Me. And Jesus decided to get on a cross, died the death that I should have died, rose back from the dead for me. He did it for me. I don't know why. I do know why, kind of. It's his love. Love that makes no sense. So the bottom line that I want you guys to take away from is that your sin is a big deal. But God's love for you is even a bigger deal. That you need to recognize tonight that your sin's a big deal. That you need to get right. That you need to confess. You need to repent. You need to turn away. You need to do whatever it takes. But even despite that, God's love is radical enough. God's love is crazy enough to wipe it away. God doesn't see you as your, as your he doesn't treat you as your sins deserves. He sees you like a child. That's God's love for you. And I pray today that you could continue to grasp it's going to take a while. It's going to be a process, but you understand that. That your sin is a big deal. But God's love for you is even a bigger deal. So let's pray. Jesus, we are sorry. We're sorry for running away, doing whatever we wanted to do, when we wanted to do it. We're sorry for just doing things that we feel like in the moment to do. Doing things that we know is wrong, but we just want to do it. God, we are sorry, so sorry to put anything higher than you. To put a relationship, wanting to be in a relationship higher than you. To put a group of friends, uh, um, just gossip, doing things behind our parents' back all above you and what you say. Sorry that we've forgotten about you so many times. But thank you for your love. 
Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy that is new every morning. Thank you for a grace that's never ending, a love that doesn't see me as I should be seen, but a love that buys me back from darkness and from slavery and from guilt and shame. We pray tonight that that truth never, ever gets old. That we can continue to live in it day and day. That we can grow closer and closer to you because of that. We need you, God. And we turn to you right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.